Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gen podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lewenbrand. I'm the managing director of Bright Vision as well as host of this podcast. In today's podcast episode, we're going to learn about SEO and how it can make your B2B business grow. And we are going to talk to an expert in this area, Steve Weideman. Steve is an SEO consultant, an expert, educator, and also founder of Vidaman Consulting, who has been working with clients like Disney, Skechers, and IBM, and a lot of big brass companies. So today we're going to talk about SEO and how we can use that to grow our B2B companies. So welcome to today's podcast, Steve. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks for having me here today. Definitely excited to share what um, experience I have in the B2B SEO area. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it and uh, pick your brain on this. But before we dive into today's topic, maybe you can give us a little bit of background on on uh, your story and how you ended up starting Vitamin Consulting, <laughs> Consulting Group. Sure, yeah, of course. Started. So I started, no problem. I started in the late 90s. I was just out of the military here and had a, a passion for uh, the internet and computers and you know, it was it was just something I I fell in love with. I started designing websites as a hobby. I made a lot of friends and helped a lot of small businesses. Uh, eventually, went back to school and got my degree in e-business management, getting to work with graphic design and programming and database administration, server administration, and ultimately project management to pull all those things together to help develop, launch, and market a website. Uh, my first sort of industry job that that really kind of set a good foundation for me was with at Disney Parks and Resorts Online, where I got to work with Disneyland and uh, Adventures by Disney. And in that experience, I got to uh, really get to see how, how industry level strategy worked. I didn't, um, you know, I didn't learn from an ebook and you know, they don't really teach you SEO as much in, in college. They sure didn't in, in 2001, right? But, uh, but in, in getting to work in a corporate environment uh, with a lot of large agencies that were, were partners with us, um, I developed a, a pretty you know, profound skill in corporate level search marketing. And uh, I took that into the agency world for a couple of years. And in 2010, you know, when um, you know, my wife realized she really liked more of my time at home helping with the kids, I decided to leave the corporate world and the agency world behind and be an independent consultant. In 2015, we incorporated as, as Wiedemann Consulting Group. And now I run a small group of uh, eight employees and a couple of contractors. And uh, we get to work with two of the the largest restaurant chains, uh, IHOP and, and Applebee, Applebee's, and it's been it's been an exciting tour. But we also get you know the opportunity to work with a lot of small and um, you know some large B two B businesses. And uh, I'm glad we're we're doing this particular talk today because I think I think there's there's a lot of um, you know of myths and a lot of, of you know gray area that I think business owners can really value from, especially in that B two B space because it's so different you know from that business to consumer. Um, side of how we approach search. So thanks, thanks again for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. And uh, exciting story. And I know you have lots and lots uh, of experience in this area. So yeah, uh, 
So let's let's start and discuss that a bit, little bit. Uh, why you think SEO is so important today in order to to be a successful uh, from a marketing and sales perspective B two B business today? Sure, that, that's it's actually a, kind of an easy question to answer for any business that has access to a Google Analytics account. Uh, if one were to look at Google Analytics, they would notice that most of their traffic is likely coming from organic search. Mm -hmm. And most of that, at least in the United States, is coming from Google. So I, I would say just kind of the, the obvious, if most of our traffic is coming from search, shouldn't we be focused there? And, and I, think, I think it's really easy to quantify SEO as well. If, if you were to use some of Google's tools, like their, their keyword planner, and throw in a few search terms that um, that your visitors would look for when they're thinking about your product or your service or or variations of and, and look at those numbers of how many people are searching and then go back into your your analytics and into your search console and see how many of, of those people who are searching are actually coming to your website and that's that's where you can kind of create that gap like oh it turns out that there's 20,000 people a month searching for product a and you know our product A page, you know product A .html or whatever the page happens to be, is only driving in you know a hundred visits a month from organic search. Well, there's a huge window of opportunity there. You know there's there's a good you know nineteen thousand nine hundred uh, folks that are searching that that aren't getting to your website. So there's there's the opportunity to really look at what you're doing to appear not just for that you know broader search term, but you know for for all of the different semantic derivatives and um, you know, and, and just to, you know, just to really nurture that, that search strategy. I don't think a lot of businesses will realize what, what just working with one page could do. And in the course of, I don't know, it's about 12 years, I, I was ranking here in the U.S. for the term SEO expert. Eventually, I took it down because it, it left a sour taste in the mouths of my, my peers and, and my friends in my community. They thought it was a, a bragging thing. So eventually, I just took the page down. But during that time, I measured how much um, you know, actual sales and revenue we, we had earned from people who found me as the number one, you know, ranked SEO expert page. And it was a little over $4 million. Uh, I also look at one of our, our retail clients in the B2C area. And you know, one of his pages uh, for like Rolex Submariner, you know, brings in, I think it's between like two and $3 million a year in sales. And granted, he's a consignment site, so he doesn't make that as net profit. But um, the fact that it's it's able to drive that much in gross revenue from one URL, you know, over probably a thousand different um, variations of of search terms, is is huge. There's so much value in just you know taking one page. So I, I think I think it's it's paramount that all businesses take SEO serious, uh, because once once you once you get to that top position, there's not a lot you have to do to stay there. Just a little bit of nurturing, just a little bit of marrying some of your your paid search data. Um, a little bit of, of, you know, creativity to get other websites to, uh, you know, to link to your site and reference you, uh, you know, every so often. And once you've done that, there's, there's sort of infinite ROI. Whereas in any other media, uh, medium, if you're doing paid search, if you're doing um, CPM, banner advertising, media buying, all of that ends the moment you stop paying for it. SEO will still continue. You might not keep your rank forever, but you could definitely walk away for a month or two and all of your rankings and all of your traffic and all of your online sales will continue to come in. So there is this sort of infinite ROI scenario when we think about SEO and by no means is it free. Right? Everyone's like, like do SEO because it's free traffic. 
it's not really free traffic because you invest a lot of time and research into getting your page to rank and to keeping it up there. So it's definitely not free, but the ROI on it, uh, as I mentioned, is it just um, infinitely gets better and better and better. Mm, yeah, great answer. I, I, I agree. Every, I, I think the hard part is to, to get there, as, as you understand, and that's what you're sure. making money on to be an expert on. So <laughs> for, for those of us, um, me including, who are not an expert or have worked a lot with SEO, it, it has a bit of you know, magical mystery over it because you hear things like now the algorithm have changed again and all the things we know last year don't apply anymore and you need to have link building and that tactic and this tactic and yeah it's it <laughs> seems just like a complex <laughs> thing to be good at so for a b2b company if you would lay out a foundational strategy where to start and what can you do to be good at this and start yeah growing your position what do you where of course you and and i'd love to i'd love to comment on your first statement too about the you know the uh, mystery behind seo and if if business owners and marketers could can have this principle-based mindset where they think about their website and they think about okay do i have the most relevant page for what my potential customers are searching for um do i have um, uh, enough visibility to our brand and those search terms that we know are important to us off of our website. Um, and am I, am I doing something every month to improve my appearance within the search results, you know, with some of the, uh, the rich results that you can have now, like images and video thumbnails and, and all sorts of, of really, you know, highly visual, um, you know, content that gets the user to want to click the listing. If we're, if we're doing something every month, to improve those three things, improving the relevancy of the page, improving the visibility of our brand and the keywords we want to rank for, links will come kind of naturally if you're doing that, um, and improving the appearance of your search results in Google, you're going to be fine. You're not going to have any issues or, um, or confusions. Don't believe all the, you know, the, you know the, the snake oil that a lot of these agencies will sell. Most of them, you know, they don't really have a corporate background. They haven't, you know, built, a, you know, a, a solid, um, you know, streamlined process. They're just kind of trying techniques and doing things to try to manipulate search results. You don't have to do that. You just, mm. you know, Jim Rohn had a quote once that I, I really, I really valued. And he said, you, you don't have to do extraordinary things to be successful. You only have to do ordinary things extraordinarily well. And if every month you're holding your team accountable to getting your pages to be more relevant and, and helpful than the competing pages. Every month you're getting more visibility to your pages and, and to your brand off the website. And every month you're improving the search appearance so that your click-through rates improve in search results. You're gonna do just fine. It just, but it's, it's the patience of, of a marketing um, you know, initiative like SEO that a lot of business owners just don't have. In many cases, it takes up to a year. We have a, a personal injury attorney. It's not B2B, but we'll, we'll get into B2B in a minute. Um, but, but this personal injury attorney said, I would like to rank for truck accident lawyer. And we tried to explain to him that that's probably the most competitive word or keyword to rank for in his industry uh, because of how lucrative it is when somebody's in a truck accident because all these big truck companies have millions of dollars. So uh, it took us a good part of a year to build 80 pages of supportive content. Um, and we got him to that number one position. And we kept him there for a good six months until competitors started to do something called negative SEO to hurt the rankings. Fortunately, we're back on the first page, but we're still trying to clean up that mess that those competitors created. Mm -hmm. So 
so yeah, there's no, there's no myth. Just focus on every month improving because remember algorithms are like patterns. The more you, you continue to pour water and sunlight on something, the better it's going to get. So on the, on the B2B side, uh, there's, there's definitely, as I mentioned, there's a difference between how we do, how we approach um, B2B than B2C. With B2C, you can, if you have a store or, or um, you know, a, a site where you're, you're generating leads of, of folks who, you know, are looking for a service that, you know, isn't a, a business looking for it, um, it's, it's pretty easy. For stores, you can cross out a price and put a lower price. You can, um, you know, you can do some pretty easy optimization to expedite how quickly somebody gets from a landing page you send them to, to a payment. However, on B2B, there's not that same sense of urgency. In most cases, the budget, you know, isn't, um, isn't coming from the person who's searching's pocket. It comes from a corporate budget. And there's a little bit more time and thought and, and research that goes into it. So the approach is, isn't buy now, order now, or, um, you know, or a call to action that's, that's really sort of lower funnel driven. It's a little bit more about learn more, um, download our white paper, get our checklist on, is to start to start the conversation with the potential customer. Um, and then it probably takes, you know, four to five, sometimes up to 10 different touches with that potential customer through remarketing, through email marketing, you know, through them seeing some of your social feed, if they've, you know, subscribed to you through them, you know, looking at follow-up material that you're, you're sending them from what they originally downloaded, you know, that the call to action isn't give us your name, address, phone number, and we'll contact you. The call to action is generally download this or um, uh, visit or, or join us on one of our, our webinars, right? It's, it's a little bit more of a soft conversion um, at, at first. So um, optimizing your site around those ideas, you know, has to start with, with sort of some trust signals. If you, if you start optimizing too heavily toward getting the conversion, it, it sort of scares them away. They feel like maybe this is too salesy. This is too, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of turned off by this. I'm just looking for information right now. I'm not really ready to make a purchase. So the trick is going to be creating a lot of upper funnel content for B2B. One of the ways that we do that is we use tools like Answer the Public. SEMrush has a great tool called the Keyword Magic tool that you could use and you can click on the questions filter and, and see just questions that potential customers are asking that relate to your, um, your product or your service. And in doing that, what happens, a user will search for how to, where to, why to, when to, uh, what should I do, strategies, tips, checklists. They're searching for that type of content. And if you can address that, when they get to your website, you're not gonna immediately get a conversion. But you will, depending on what industry you're in, you will be able to remarket to them. So let's say we optimize for, um, you're doing some hiring, how to hire an SEO specialist is, you know, is the keyword you're optimizing for. You, you get them to the page because they search for, um, you know, for how to hire an SEO specialist on that page. They see questions they should be asking, they see answers, maybe even the answers um, to, uh, to watch out for. Uh, they see an actual downloadable uh, job requisition that they could easily copy and paste into a, a job uh, board somewhere. And, and then they get cookied into remarketing. And then, I don't know, a couple of days later, they're surfing around the internet for something else. And suddenly the banner ad appears you know, on, on the article site that they're reading that says something like, um, uh, learn about our, our, our first free month offer or something for 
um, you know, job finders. And you're like, well, I remember this site. I was just on there and they had this really good guide. Maybe I'll, I'll take a look at it or check it out. Or maybe it's something even more softer, like watch, watch a live interview uh, for an SEO specialist. And they're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm actually looking for an SEO specialist. And they click the ad and they watch a video. And now you've hit them twice. And now they know about your brand you know, and, and recognize it twice. Now when they're ready, um, they're going to do a search for SEO you know, specialist um, for hire or something, right? And, and then your ad will show up because you're using your, your search remarketing ads. They'll remember you, recognize you, trust you. And you're more likely to get the, you know, the, the customer. So it is a bit of a, of a longer journey. And I think the way to win on the B2B side is, is to just, just to not be too, um, too aggressive with the call to actions and, and to really provide you know, uh, enough helpful information at that upper funnel to start establishing that trust before you, you, you sort of you know, um, get them into that lower funnel. It was a long answer. I apologize, but that's no, kind of that our, our approach. How we look at B two B. Absolutely great, fantastic uh, insights you provided there. So, what is uh, from a general perspective? What do you think is is enough case of building uh, relevant content and so forth for a company? I, I suppose that's a common question. You know, should we blog every week or twice? No, a it's a it's a great question. And I, I have two different approaches, right? Approach number one is to really invest in a in an all-inclusive taxonomy plan or you know an information architecture that includes all of the different things your users might be searching for. Uh, we we did this for a few brands recently that um, I don't know if it was, one wasn't B2B, they're really more B2C. And, and what we did is we looked at all the search terms that competitors were receiving traffic from. We used all the, the questions that people were asking from tools like Answer the Public and the, the Questions Filter and SEMrush. Um, in total, there were you know, tens of thousands of keywords. And we took all of those keywords and basically started segmenting them into different tabs um, that eventually became part of the navigation. Within those tabs, we started bundling keywords that had the same user intent. If the user intent was you know, to find an SEO specialist, um, we don't need to have a separate page for every uh, version of, of that keyword. If there's 10 versions of that keyword, um, you know, we'll group them into one, sort it by the, the keyword that has the highest search volume. And by the way, that, that group, when you're done with it, also plays really well into a paid search ad group within a campaign and Google ads are being ads. Um, and then if, of course, from there, we'll um, you know, add it to our, our growing site map. And when we're done, we'll have this all-inclusive site map of all the different ways that people are searching for content uh, around your product, service, or, or industry. And that's, that's kind of a great way to build the next five years worth of what you're going to put on your website. Um, the second part is, is what your cadence is. I would say get all of that sales content done first and let it start getting some history in the search results. All that bottom funnel we'll call them parent pages on your site. Let's get those as, as optimized as they can be, looking better than the competing pages for the search terms that you're trying to, you know, to, to get customers from. And then start building out that supportive content underneath it, not on your blog. Right? The blog's really for, for sort of time sensitive, maybe up to three months um, you know, of, of information, news, what's happening with the company, with the industry, um, seasons and seasonality, um, all of those things that would uh, people would love to see in their daily RSS feed, sort of like reading the newspaper like we did when we were you know, younger. 
And uh, the problem is a lot of businesses will put some of their sales content into their blog posts and lose subscribers. So let's keep the blog kind of pinned off to the side for more news and maybe sharing a little bit of uh, the information that we're sharing in our sales content, but without the sales content. Um, and then let's, let's start putting all of that supportive how to, where to, why to, uh, when strategies, tips, checklists underneath the silo, underneath that parent page that we want to rank within, you know, a, a year or two, you know, we'll have enough supportive content that while our competitors have one page competing against us, we have a whole section of content of supportive, helpful content for our visitors. So we're, we're obviously going to rank because we're, um, you know, we're on topic uh, more so than the person, uh, the business that's competing against one page. So that's, that's kind of how I would look at it. And then when you are starting to do a little bit more of the content marketing piece, you know, where you think, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to start doing some of these how-tos. How should we deploy them? Depending on, on your resource pool, um, you could do one a week. You could you know, really put some time, energy, and, and creativity and unique pictures and videos you know, into a page and, and launch it, say, every Tuesday. And then from Wednesday until Monday, your, your outreach team can do their job to get pages that um, are similar in topic, but, but you know, not targeting the same search terms and get them to reference that page so that you get at least three to four links um, from relevant pages on the internet pointing to yours. And then you move to the next one. By the end of the year, you've got 52 really helpful pages that all have links pointing to them. Um, and that's, that's a really simple cadence to create um, and, and a routine to build. It, it does take some practice. It does get discouraging for those people doing that outreach, um, but but it can work if um, if you put your heart into it. Uh, we had a it was a B two C client in the auto repair industry, and they followed this this model. Uh, they took a lot of pictures, they did a lot of videos, um, and they released one page every week. And within it was about eighteen months, we'd driven half a million visits, um, you know, to their website, and that was. Super exciting to see that, especially because they're in auto repair. They could they could do remarketing for oil change coupons since oil changes typically happen about every three months. So from a timing standpoint, it it, it worked exactly how we hoped it would. You know, to to really drive organic and then you know funnel them down into you know a, a purchase or a booking. So that's that's taxonomy information architecture first, um, and then you know building a routine second. Don't just throw out content to, to throw out content in hopes of ranking, that doesn't work. That worked in, in you know, 2005, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you're not going to create the best, most helpful, most unique, um, most mobile optimized um, uh, page, it's, it's not gonna be worth your time. If you can't compete with that number one listing, you're, you're not going to drive the traffic that you hope to drive. And eventually, you'll, you'll build enough history on that URL that Google's sort of going to ignore it or not give it, um, you know, the attention it deserves. So, um, you really, if, if you're going to do content for the sake of, of SEO, do it right. Take the time, energy, and make it, you know, the the best page possible. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I suppose uh, a lot of companies do quite easy mistakes in in order to, yeah. I mean, they they try, but maybe they do the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. They're, they're buying yeah. links or they're you know, they're, they're keyword stuffing, or they got an owner that says, don't change anything on my webpage. I like it how it is. I paid a lot of money for it, um, but make it rank. And so, so the webmaster like, well, I'll, I'll do a negative margin of a thousand pixels on the H1 tag. So it doesn't show up on the page or I'll hide the text uh, by using white text on a white background or, you know, all these, these little shady things that, 
that might have worked, you know, again in 2005, that Google recognizes now. In fact, um, you know, Matt Cutts before he left uh, left Google did a a video where he asked webmasters, please do not block the search engines from crawling your JavaScripts and your style sheets. We used to do that back in the day because we wanted to make sure those pages, those files didn't get indexed um, and to give Google focus on our actual, you know, pages that we wanted to rank. And um, what happens, affiliate marketers and, and black hat SEOs were doing all sorts of shady things using JavaScript and, and CSS. So, you know, they just said, you know what, be transparent or we're not going to trust you. you know? Exactly. Yeah, I suppose uh, those those shady tricks have have long gone <laughs> past. You know, some of them, unfortunately, and it's it's sad. But sometimes Google can't sort it all out. Sometimes they do a really good job of looking at all those those links from pages that don't have any links themselves or no value, and they just ignore them. They don't really help or hurt a, a campaign. But in some cases. Um, they're not sure yet, right? It's a newer page or it's on a, a, a site that's got a good reputation and they'll still count some of those links initially. And, and so, you know, some of these, these black hat SEOs will go out and just build, you know, thousands of links in hopes that, you know, 12 of them will count. And if 12 of them count, their clients will move up. The, the problem with that is at some point, at some point, the client is going to see his page go away from the search results and, and wonder what happened. And they're going to end up spending, you know, thousands. We saw clients spend $18,000 cleaning up all the, the crazy links that people were building to try to try to improve or manipulate search results. So mm. short term, it might work, but the long term cost of cleaning that mess up um, is just not worth it. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't invest time into short term techniques. Use paid search for short term for long term, you know, really build out the best, most helpful pages. Um, get visibility to those pages by, you know, networking and, and cross-promoting with other brands and, um, you know, building relationships that culminate into natural links. And then, you know, of course, just continuing to improve the appearance of search uh, of your listing in the search results. Oh, that's so great. Uh, time flies, uh, uh, Steve, and uh, we could probably go on a couple of hours here just uh, listening <laughs> to all your experience. And you know I would. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, so many great stories and insights you're sharing here with us. But uh, I know you're a busy guy. You have to run your business and uh, take care of your clients. So I'm so thankful for getting this time with you. But our listeners, I'm sure a lot of them would like to dive into more of your content. So where can sure. we send them? So, right. Uh, well, I, my Twitter profile is just SEO Steve, S-E-O-S-T-E-V-E. -E. Uh, we do have a learning section on our current site. We're about to launch a new website here pretty soon. But uh, if you go to Wiedemann.com, W-I-I-D-E-M-A-N.com forward slash learn, there's a lot of what we talked about available in that learning guide. We also have courses available. Uh, if you go to courses.wiedemann.com, you can see how we're, we're starting to build out. These are the same very similar uh, courses that I teach at the universities here at UC San Diego and Cal State Fullerton. So you're getting university level training. So, and, and by the way, if, if you're, um, if your listeners would, you know, would, would like a, if they're interested, would like a discount code, just have them um, send me a, a direct message. Um, you know, and of course, you know, mention Bright Vision and I'll, I'll, I'll give them a discount code so they can try the training program, um, you know, at a discount. Oh, fantastic. Yeah great offer uh, 
we'll make sure we put the links in the show notes as well. And uh, hopefully we can learn more about SEO. Anytime. Thanks for having me on the show. Anytime you'd, you'd like to talk uh, search marketing or, or search optimization, uh, feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to help. Absolutely. And thank you so much for taking time with us here today. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.